Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com Always, always use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Hello again, my friends. Welcome into the Sunday edition of Chair Shot Radio. Coming to you the morning of day two, night two, WrestleMania 37. 37. Sorry, I for those <laughs> clerks, it's not one of my favorite jokes in the whole world is just... Randall Graves yelling 37 at Nante's girlfriend. Listen to Bandwagon Nerds, and you'll be able to catch up with that. I'm Patrick O'Dowd, welcoming you in here to this Sunday edition of ChairShot Radio. Here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com, I am joined, of course, by my good friend, the lawyer himself, David Ungar. Good morning, Dave. How are you, man? Oh, I'm, I'm still kind of just in the zone man from a uh, late night early morning recordings with our good friend the reverend ray cash talking takeover in wrestlemania that was a fun time like we said off air spontaneity is a good thing even when you just throw it out your ass at like 10 40 at night on <laughs> in california some of, the, some of the best podcasts that demarco and i ever did particularly when it came to like interviews they they, they a lot of times came out of you know, we'd have our scripted questions and then we'd somehow just inevitably go off script and it would be like this beautiful train wreck of an interview. The first time we interviewed Sue Young ever, well, I will never forget it because it just it was hilarious and kept going. And and maybe it was only entertaining to us, but we thought it was good shit. It was such no, good shit. You're absolutely you're absolutely right. And and as 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 a lawyer, you know, <laughs> There's an art to asking questions. Anybody who's taken a deposition right. out there knows that you can go into it with a script and, you know, key points. These are the things I want to cover. I want to get to these. But I always would tell new attorneys, especially after I became an older attorney and more experienced, like you actually have to listen to what they're saying, because if you just follow the script, they'll tell you something like, yeah, I hurt my back 10 years ago. And then you'll just gloss over it and go on to the next thing and miss the point. Right. And and interviews are very similar where you just have to listen to what they're saying, read, react, modify where you want to go. And those are the best ones that there are. But all that aside, Pat, let, let's be honest. WrestleMania, I know you're th- psyched about it. We're going to talk hockey, but there's another hockey based thing going on that I know you are very excited about. Oh, a- absolutely. But we can't, we can't not do our hockey intro before we talk hockey, even if it is not necessarily starting at the professional level. So the chair shot. That's not it. <laughs> that's that's your gimmick, man. That it that is. is the gimmick. Fan number 99 over here. There it is. 
enough of that. By the way, I got to I got to tell you, I am happy to see that for the ESPN hockey promos, they are playing that song. Like they they've kept with it. So at least for the the first go around, we're getting to keep our ESPN hockey music. Good work, fellows at Disney slash ESPN for keeping that going. By the way, I do want to point out if you hear me with some sniffles or a little bit of a hoarse voice, it is pollen season here out in lovely Massachusetts. The air is full of that crap and allergies are are a thing. I never had allergies. When I lived in the Midwest, when I was in when I was in Illinois, no problem. Come out here, five seconds into the trees budding, and my I'm a I'm a wreck. No antihistamine yeah. can stop me. I I had ad- allergies and asthma real bad all my life growing up on the East Coast. Come out to the West Coast, haven't had an al- allergy attack in 25 years. So well, it's one of those things that Demarco Demarco always talks to me about too. Is like his allergies used to were brutal on him here in Connecticut. And I mean, you've seen that nose. Yeah. Like there's, there's passages up there, man. I think thing is, <laughs> thing is impressive. He's trying to give me and, a run for my money, but failing, but anyway, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's that. But like Dave, you mentioned this, this, uh, this recording, we were recording this on Saturday, pulling the curtain back. Everybody knows this. We always record these uh, the day before uh, they drop because we want to try and be as up on the NHL news as we can as possible. Because we're, do, we're, we're doing hockey talk. But one of the things that is going on, for those of you who know, or probably know, most of you do, I work for the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. And for the second consecutive Frozen Four, the University of Massachusetts hockey team has made it to the championship game. They beat uh, the University of Minnesota Duluth which was the team that defeated them in the title game back in 2019 decisively, by the way, I remember watching that game and it was like watching a junior team going up against a pro team. Like the Duluth was just so much better on the ice. They skated so well, they controlled the zone and it was crazy. And so this past Thursday, was the semifinal games, the frozen floor games. And we, we learned, or UMass learned before their game that they would be playing St. Cloud state, uh, which has a delightful uh, Canadians rip off logo right down to the big C with a little ST in it. It's, it's a very nice form of flattery. If you ask me, not uncommon in the world of hockey, but, and I can't remember who they defeated, but I think it was another Minnesota school. I think it was three Minnesota schools and a UMass school, if I do recall. It was like St. Paul or somebody like that. Uh, but uh, I forget. They. Um, I know it was kind of considered a slight upset, but I'll I'll look it up. Go on, Pat. I'll keep going here. But and so they they won in thrilling fashion with a late goal, with I want to say less than a minute to go in the game that uh, put them ahead and they got their victory five to four. And then that segued into the UMass game. Now on Thursday nights, pull the curtain back even further. I'm a bowler. So I had them switch the televisions at the bowling alley to ESPN two so that we could catch the, so that I could catch the game and had it done at the bar, had it done in the alley and watched the first period before I went home uh, to get home during intermission so that I could catch a second and third periods at home. Game was all knotted up one to one after one. Duluth, University of Minnesota Duluth took the lead in the second period. It was up two to one, and it wasn't looking good. Duluth was just kind of 
they were controlling the game. They really were. They were controlling the zones. UMass wasn't. UMass was getting the ball puck into the, the Duluth zone, but they weren't really getting quality shots. I think the shots by the time we got to the third period was something like thirty-six to eighteen. Like it was just Duluth was controlling that game. And with about eight minutes to go in the game, so about twelve minutes into the third period, UMass finally gets some pressure on the net. Adel, Mark Del Geizo, I think, or no, it was. Either it was one of the Del Geizo brothers gets a, a fortunate rebound off the backside of the goalie, gets it in, ties it up. We go to overtime, and UMass. I don't know if you watched the game at all, Dave, but it was one of the most dominant overtime periods I've seen any team play. Like UMass came out in that overtime period and just punched Duluth in the nose and was like they were living. In uh, in the Duluth zone, I don't know what the coach said in between that that uh, that little intermission between the third period and the overtime, but UMass it wasn't a matter of if they were going to score; it was a matter of when, and they did. They did with about 13 minutes into the into the overtime period. They finally got one to go. We will be uh, UMass will be playing Saturday night. So come Sunday morning when or Sunday afternoon when we record Bandwagon Nerds, my mood could be. Illinois bounced in the second round of the NCAA tournament, or it could be kind of cloud nine as, as we see how the guys go, as I will have the game on my laptop while I watch WrestleMania night one on the big television. I'm excited for them. They did it. The other thing that I want to is as I finish this little pontification, what was great. They were down four players to COVID protocols and not just for anybody's, Four significant players. They were down their starting goalie and their backup goalie. Uh, UMass started a freshman at goal, and he gave up two. And he gave up two goals, and both of them were tough goals. Like they were rebounds. Uh, one of them was the, the goal that the Duluth went ahead off was a hard shot that he couldn't quite that it like had bounced off of him and right to a guy, and he just punched it right in. But uh, Mark Murray, I think, is his name. He got he got the win. And they were also without their leading scorer on their number one line. And so it was it was quite a team effort for for the fellas, for the good guys, if you will. And it was it was awesome. And three of those four guys are gonna come back for the championship game tonight, including the starting goalie and our top scorer. So that's a positive and a really exciting thing for Saturday night, Frozen Four Championship. Hopefully I'm celebrating come tomorrow when this drops, everybody will know the result if they care. <laughs> I mean, I'm pulling for you, your guys, St. Cloud state beat Minnesota state in this other semifinal. Right. So yeah, Minnesota it's state rallying it's, from, it's, you're right. Another Minnesota school. They came back from three, one down actually took the lead and St. Cloud state uh-huh. showed uh, a similar level of resilience that UMass had. So that should be a hell of a game. And, and like we talked about it a couple weeks ago when we talked frozen Four. You have to love the Frozen Four in the in the college hockey tournament because you get to get acquainted with these teams you've never heard of. Like who the hell St. Cloud State? Who the hell's Quinnipiac? You know, shit like that. Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. The only reason I know about Quinnipiac, by the way, is because I applied for a job there and didn't get it. And they're a small they're a small private school in uh, in Connecticut uh, with a gorgeous campus, by the way, just beautiful campus. But yeah, it was. Uh, it was a wonderful thing to see. It's always great to learn about these schools. I'm really hopeful for for UMass. It would just be a, it would be a good thing for this school, and they they have a really good 
obviously, I mean, they're making f- national title games. They have a great hockey program. I'm more concerned that we might lose our coach if if we, you know, because success just breeds, you know, better futures. So hey, Sabres are looking for somebody. Just saying. Shut up. Shut up, man. Sabres are looking for a lot. And I think that's a perfect segue. I'm going to let you talk a little bit about the NHL today. The only thing I'm going to say is Friday night, the Blues finally scored some goals. They took on, they took on, was it the Wild? Yeah, nine to one. Uh, the Minnesota Wild and beat them nine to one. I sent it to you. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly with a hat trick. It was just, I hope it's the beginning of something good and allows them to, to, get on a positive run heading towards the playoffs. There's still a, a point out of the playoff picture right now as it stands. The uh, The rest of the top of, of that division hasn't really changed much. So, But that's really all I've kept up with in, in hockey right now. I, I got If I were to be completely honest, I have gotten so embroiled in college basketball recruiting, it's it's not even funny. Like I, I'm I'm thirsty for recruiting news for my, for my school. So... I'm going to hand it over to you, Dave. Talk to me. What, well, what's on your mind? I think HL? before we get to the standings and talk about that, I mean, the trade de- trade deadline's coming up this week. There's going to be some moves. Um, these uh, pricks who happen to be in my division called the New York Islanders uh, made some moves this week. Thank you to the yep. New Jersey Devils for trading Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac to a divisional rival for peanuts more or less i shouldn't say that <laughs> i shouldn't say that but i i saw the tr- the news came in and the islanders had to make a move with anders lee gone they needed to do something even though they're still in first place uh when i saw what the devils had done here i just shook my head like why would you do that why because i and i don't know if they're going to be un you know unrestricted free agents when the season ends or not i'm not sure maybe it's just a short rental i didn't read it into detail but i knew right. they were getting quality players from a divisional rival i didn't appreciate that but i'm not the gm so you should, you should write a letter yeah i'm sure they'll give a shit what i say so <laughs> should i in fact i heard that the new jersey devils made this deal just to piss you off like that's that's the word on the street Dave Meltzer I, reported it. I, well, oh. if Dave Meltzer reported it, it's got to be Dave, true. And Dave got his information from Terry Taylor, so we know that it's legit. Oh sure. Uh, so I think I think <laughs> I think that uh, <laughs> it's good. I think this is a this is going to be a big week. Obviously, with the trade deadline coming, there's a lot of teams jockeying for position. I think the Chicago cap. Made a, what's that? I saw that Chicago made a trade with Detroit. Yeah. Speaking of in individual in division. Yeah, move. Your, your guys uh, made your guys made a move too. Toronto got and Riley it, Nash from Columbus Blue Jackets Friday night. Uh, conditional seventh round pick in twenty twenty two. That's a good pickup for Toronto. That's a good role player. Okay. He'll fill in very nicely for them. As far as like my guys, I think they got to do something. I think the Caps have got right. to do something. They are, you know, pardon me. I know they're still tied for first, but beating Buffalo is not exactly confidence inducing at this point in the season because it's it's buffalo and i look at the other two games they had lost a tight one to the islanders which is i mean which is good because they gave up eight goals the last time they played them this time one to nothing you'd think they could score on new york okay that one they had a shitty start against boston and and just you know you can't give up shorthanded goals to fuck fucking brad marchand you just can't do that uh but you know in the east you got washington islanders pittsburgh all very tight. Boston's right there, sort of. Um, 
the Rangers have supplanted Philly for fifth place, but I don't think there's going to be enough time for them to catch the Bruins. So that's what's going on in the East. Your boys are still, uh, after things tightening up, the Maple Leafs have distanced themselves again. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, they put a good five points up on first place, kind of re- re got their feet back underneath them a little bit and you know every team's going to go through an ebb and flow that edmonton winnipeg matchup which interestingly enough it's funny to watch those two teams jockey back and forth when they could inevitably just be playing each other in the playoffs anyway it's good it's it's just uh, intensified warm-ups i guess for the playoffs is what we're calling it um i think the division's done vancouver is they're staying they're going to get a 56 game schedule in i i I have my doubts about that. I'm not sure. 25 personnel. Yeah. Down COVID. That's I don't know. it. Yeah. I don't know Shut how you get down, it all there. Yeah. I don't know how you get that like, season in. Well, and, and here's the thing is I get why. Cause you're actually, I don't get why. Cause you're looking at the standings here. And as of Saturday, you're eight points out. Like, are you realistic? You're not realistically going to catch Montreal anyway. So why are we trying to shoehorn 21 games to finish or no sorry 19 games sorry math bad math math is important 19 games to finish the season that like so your team's already down i just i don't see it either man i just i don't see why you would try to make that i mean i get i get it because even if you're out um the impact of those games on the other teams involved and well the other teams and the standings and all that have an impact on that so i i get it but uh, interesting in the central division, Carolina's taken over first place from Tampa. I mean, I yep. say that, but it's one point and Florida, one point back. And then Nashville is now starting to put a little bit of distance between them and Chicago. I still think Dallas is going to have something to say about this. They're not that far off the pace. I say that, but it's been persistently seven points for the last three weeks. They're playing a little bit better, but then you got the West, your division, which is the one that intrigues me the most right now, because yeah, all right. Colorado, Vegas, they are the cream of the crop. Minnesota usually plays better than they did last night where they just got shellacked by the Blues. And then you've got, yeah, you got Phoenix three teams, man. There. Three teams, Arizona, St. Louis, and now suddenly the Sharks have jumped up there. They're not far off. You still, how are you feeling about your team, Pat? You still, you, you still think they're pretenders? Or did that uh, beating last night instill you with new hope for them? I think it's the game after the game that's really more important. You beat a team nine to one. You got to come back out again today or tomorrow, whenever their next game is. You got you got to build like you got to stack, and that's been their problem all year. Is they've just been wildly inconsistent, you know. And the last two weeks have been a slog for the Blues. So I I'm still like I'm happy, and I hope that that really means you know that that we've gotten some people back on track. Maybe the team's a little bit more on track. You know, Craig Berube changed up the lines last week, and it was funny. He changed up the lines. We got Colton Pareko back, and I I messaged you, and I was like, things are changing. And then later in the day, I was like, new lines, same result. So, which, which was not a good thing, by the way. So, I, I just, I, I'm not sold yet, and it's going to take more than a 99-to-1 beating of of a good you know of a good uh, of a good opponent to push me back towards okay maybe these guys can get into the playoffs get hot and and, and go on a run so I don't know but like you said trade deadline's still coming 
moves are still out there to be made, and, and we'll we'll just see. Like we're we're getting close. Did you see any of the stuff on Henrik Lundqvist that they did this week? Lots of good profiles of him, dude. He actually may play in the playoffs. I mean, this guy is That's unbelievable. Insane. He's unbelievable. That is really, really insane. And he's going to get examined this month. And just listening to him talk about, you know, how his rehab from open heart surgery, the fact that he's on the ice and that they're even considering that him to play in the playoffs. I mean, that's Alex Smith sort of stuff. Another Washington right. folklore hero at this point. But yeah, I mean, it, I, I would love to see Lundquist in net for the Caps. I think that would open them up to maybe pursue some more offense at the trade deadline. Sure. I, I don't, I think defensively that their defense has been kind of trashy the last few weeks, but I think they got Michael Kempney is now actually starting to skate again. I don't know if he'll remotely be available. He would shore things up a lot. Their defensemen are actually scoring a lot more. You got Brendan Dillon, Justin Schultz. I, I just, I, I have my concerns about my boys. Uh, I just, you know, I got to see, they play Boston tomorrow. Let's see what you can do against a team like the Bruins. You got some big games coming up later on. I mean, when you're feasting on the Devils and the Sabres, who gives a crap? This has been your first place problems segment by Mr. David Ungar. <laughs> you know, you're never, and on that never note, satisfied. Never satisfied. You are never satisfied. On that note, we are going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to take a break from your team sucks, though. We're still looking at you, Ray Cash. We're looking at you. You're next. Uh, but this week, we're going to talk a little WrestleMania as it's Sunday, the day of uh, night two of WrestleMania. You're listening to, I almost said bandwagon nerds there. Close <laughs> enough. You're listening to ChairShot Radio on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the greatest sports entertainment spectacular of all time. Welcome to WrestleMania. Hey, folks, PC Tony here. Make sure you're checking out Mania Madness every Friday afternoon on thechairshot.com. Christopher Platt and a rotating list of guests go through every WrestleMania one six-pack at a time. Check it out every Friday, only on the ChairShot Radio Network. And we are back. Before we get into our WrestleMania talk, I do need to remind everybody that if you love what we're doing over here at the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com and you want us to keep putting out quality content, please head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot and buy a shirt. Buy one of the company shirts. We've got all kinds of great stuff out there. We've got shirts for our shows like Bandwagon Nerds and A Winner Is You. We've got sayings from the shows like Hashtag Journalism, Save Tag Team Wrestling, um, all that good stuff. Hashtag Journalism. I think I just said that twice. That's okay. 
everybody hates Craig. That's a shirt as well. I think we need to expand the everybody hates Craig shirt repertoire. Got to work with him on that. But we really do love what we do here. We love sharing ourselves with you and giving you all quality content day in and day out. And we really do put something out day in and day out, something new and unique for everyone. So please, 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 please continue to support us. Head over to Pro Wrestling Tees forward slash the chair shot and buy a shirt. When Patrick right. says we share ourselves with you, he's talking content, folks. Just, you know, want to make sure yep. you're clear on that, guys. And our, and our personalities and who we are. Like, we I'm sure people out there listening know more about me than I know about me at this point. Just to be clear, we don't have an OnlyFans account. Go ahead, Pat. Yet. Yeah. We don't yet. have an OnlyFans. Yet. yet. There you go. Yeah. We'll get there. Premium content, folks. Yep. So, WrestleMania. By the time this podcast is dropped, night one will be in the books. So, Very excited for, for Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. If I could, uh, if I you, could, you could, I'm going to, I'm going to assume the role of Christopher Platt here to ask you a couple questions because I was yes. involved with five of the six mania madnesses and, and for scheduling reasons, we couldn't get you on. And at least you would have yep. been sober for this last episode. Unlike, so it was just Chris and I, who are the only sober ones. Listen to the latest one. It's a lot of fun. But I want to ask you, this is what Chris would ask everybody coming on the show. Two-part question. A, what does WrestleMania mean to you? And B, what's your first WrestleMania memory? So my WrestleMania to me, it's, you know, a lot, it's kind of cliche, but it is, it's the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. And as much as, even on the DeMarco show, all right, sorry, the Babyfaced Heel podcast, um, Greg asked the question of Miranda and I of like, how excited are we? Are we excited? Does it feel like WrestleMania week? And, and interestingly enough, in that moment at that time, I was like, no, it doesn't really feel like WrestleMania. It does. Like, I'm not particularly excited for it, but much like the Super Bowl, much like the NCAA tournament for me, much like opening day for baseball. When the events happen themselves, like the day of, I'm like, hey, it's opening day. Hey, it's Super Bowl Sunday. No, though I do like I gotta ask the question, do I anticipate the Super Bowl? Hell yeah. The whole week I'm ready for it. I'm I'm looking down for the game. But the day of, I'm always up for it. Like I'm up for it tonight. Uh, it gets the big television while the national championship for hockey gets the small screen, which should tell you where it ranks in what i view and it's it is it's this it is a shared experience with a fan base that makes it so special and even a bad wrestlemania is entertaining like i can't tell like even people who talk about like you know wrestlemania 9 much maligned wrestlemania 9 people talk about how much they don't like wrestlemania 9 i still find joy out of wrestlemania 9 whether it's bobby heenan riding in backwards on a camel or you know, Yo, you know, Yokozuna getting beat, which I, I get the, the story behind it, to Hulk Hogan Shiner. I just, I love that sort of stuff. And, and I do. Like, I enjoy WrestleMania for what it is. I enjoy WrestleMania for the spectacle that it is. And so f- from that point of view, it's always something that I'm excited and stoked and to share with other fans. Like, I know that... While I'll have two screens occupied, my small screen will be Twitter and the Twitter reactions and all that stuff will flow in and react and respond. And it's going to be a great time. And it's a shared experience. And that's part of fandom. 
and this is the pinnacle of fandom. The dog agrees. Yeah, whatever. So the other part of your question, my first WrestleMania memory, uh, it's like it's it's funny. WrestleMania three has two of my favorite WrestleMania matches of all time, but I don't really remember WrestleMania three. What I do remember is I remember WrestleMania four because of the controversy behind Hulk Hogan losing the title. And my real memory is WrestleMania five. And if you've listened to the Babyface heel podcast, or if you've ever listened to me as a wrestling fan for my money, the best storyline, in the history of the WWE, in my opinion, is the year-long storyline from the end of WrestleMania 4 to the end of WrestleMania 5 with Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage and the Mega Powers exploding. It is far and away, in my opinion, one of the best slow-burn, long storylines ever and the best WrestleMania storyline of all time. And I remember that summer so well. I, I remember the distrust, the seeds being built until you have that moment where Elizabeth is inadvertently hurt and Hogan carries her to the back and Savage is left to fend for himself and he goes in the back. And here's the funny thing. I kind of understood where Savage was coming from. What the hell, Hogan? And, and it was crazy, but I remember being devastated. I remember hating the Macho King after that, like when he became the Macho King and was just, just a bad, evil asshole with Sherry Martell. Loved that story. The Mega Powers exploding. The match is not the greatest match. It's a little too damn long. We were talking before we went on air about matches being too long. That match is too long. But WrestleMania Five is is my first WrestleMania memory. Yeah, that that and I mean anybody who listened to Mania Madness the first episode, I said everything that you just said. That was the greatest story told in wrestling history, the greatest build to show how you can do a year-long build to something. I mean, they tried it with Cena and Rock to limited success because they just didn't they they weren't together. You know, it wasn't like this right. great faction or not even a faction, just this duo, the dynamic duo who you know, they had to create a second star because Hogan was going to go do movies. Macho Man took the mantle and ran with it. And I mean, like you said, everybody I, I hated Macho Man when he did it. But at the same time, we really didn't because so many of us had cheered for Randy for a year so fervently and, and passionately that it's like it. And you know what I'm talking about, because back in those days, you were programmed to think a certain way to cheer. You, oh, cheered, the guy. you cheered for the good guys. It wasn't. It wasn't like the Attitude Era. Where Hogan was, must pose. What's that? I said Hogan must pose, as Bruce Prichard would exactly, say. Exactly. Exactly. And so that was kind of one of those moments where it's like I want to cheer for Randy, but I can't. And I love Hogan, so I'm just going to go with that. But yeah, I, I mean, WrestleMania Four was the one that I really remembered. I'm like you. Three, I remember the matches, and I remember what was going on. But four had the bigger impact on me. And, and right. I think it gets maligned because the tournament was like everything like five minute matches and it just and the Hogan Andre thing. The rematch was like, uh, really, that's that's how we're going to get yeah, around this situation. Pull, pull, pulling the wrong guy for a minute. I mean, unfortunately, at that by that point in his career, Andre couldn't do anything like you really couldn't. Yeah. And that that magic that you just couldn't recreate that magic. And I know that's kind of what they were trying to do. But they also knew that they wanted to get Hogan out of the equation because there was no question if Hogan's in the tournament, how does Hogan win the match? And they needed to, to create that. 
the other thing that I think is amazing about that build is that they start that build at Savage's victory because Savage doesn't like Savage gets an assist from Hulk Hogan. And even there, and you know, in the moment, it's like this great feel good moment, but it starts there. Like, yeah, right. I mean, it's it, crazy. And it, I mean, and I mean, you could, well, it, uh, you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. Cause you're right. It, they actually kind of started it a few months earlier on that Saturday night's main event where Savage rescues Randy Liz go or Hogan rescues Sa- hey, Hogan. Randy because Liz goes and gets him and the mega powers are kind of formed there. And then it, it just builds right. from there, but what a tremendous story, but shifting to this year's, I know you were talking Bianca Sasha before I cut you off and I didn't mean to, but, right. but is that what you're looking What are you looking forward to most this year? So honestly, I'm looking forward to those guys. I used to watch on the Indies working some WrestleMania matches. For example, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, like I've watched them in person live at ring of honor events. Greg, Greg and I talked about it a little bit. Cesaro getting his opportunity against Seth Rollins, two men again that I watched on the independent circuit at ROH shows, working those matches together. Both of those are probably the two big ones that I'm really looking forward to. I'm intrigued by the triple threat match on night two um, with Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan and edge. I have no idea. I think it literally, I, I would love to see what the Vegas odds are on who they expect to come out of that one to win. I sure hope it's Reigns, to be honest. I really wanted to, I really want Roman Reigns to continue this, this tribal chief thing. And I don't want to see him lose and recover the belt later. You know, I've heard talk about that. I just don't want that. I don't want that. That's my playlist as Greg would put it uh, from the women's standpoint. Yeah. Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, being able to be two women of color, having the opportunity to main event night one of WrestleMania. Of, of course, that's already happened by the time you hear this podcast. Hopefully they're able to perform and put on a good match. Very excited for that one. And, and I'm just interested to see fans. I'm interested to see fans and, and how they do it and how it sounds. I was sharing this with you guys. I watched the NXT takeovers late. And if there's one thing I couldn't stand and still can't stand, same thing I had a problem with with the Hall of Fame ceremony, don't pipe in crowd noise. I don't care how quiet it sounds in WWE. Please, for the all that is holy, stop it. If you've got people there, let them control the noise. They did a better job on night two, yeah, night two of the NXT takeover, but it was still there. It was there, like, but they still had it. Night two, the crowd started to be more like what you're used to, where they started to just yeah, they were they weren't they going either indie the, show crowd right. They weren't going along with the program anymore. They like we said, night two, they were just happy to be there. Then they started to get back into it. I'm expecting. I mean, they're leading off with Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley. That place is probably going to come unglued. Uh, I think that's Ray and I talked about it. I think that's a perfect match to lead this whole thing off. Right. You mentioned the triple threat match. Yeah, we had a lot of trouble with that one. Ray ultimately went Roman Reigns. I went with Edge, but my confidence level is very low on that. It's very possible Daniel Bryan walks out with this thing. So that's yeah, it really is anybody's ball game. It is, and it and, is. and that's gonna be fun. It's it's gonna be like you said, it's gonna be great to have fans back. And, and now you're going to get that feedback. And the two people who benefit most from this is Drew Mac. Did they get Drew McIntyre over? You know, did they get Drew McIntyre over like they wanted to this past year? Because Drew carried the company on his back. And then you got Roman, who 
I know they. A lot of people think he's going to get booed out of Raymond James Stadium. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. They love because this is exactly what the audience has been wanting from Roman Reigns ever since they started the whole narrative of he's being shoved down our throat. So I don't think he's going to get booed at all. I think they're going to be hard pressed for them to not like him. To be honest, like as a company, like he's he's been. You talk about people carrying a banner for the company. And he has been for years, but ever since this tribal chief thing started, he's been a whole other level of character. Uh, the other, the other guy who I think is just a whole other level of terrific game, whether you like the storyline or not, whether you think it's goofy and stupid, Randy Orton, Randy Orton has been the guy. He has been a stalwart during this COVID period. And he really didn't have to be. You know what I mean? Like he didn't have to be, but he has been the guy. He has willingly participated and bought in on a storyline that people find goofy on some levels. But because he's all in on it, it makes it a better story. And you know what I mean? Like if he's if he was half-assing it, everybody knows he's he's half-assing it, and and his body language would show it. So yeah, I uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, in terms of, you know, we talked a lot on the Babyface Heel podcast about build. Eh, the build's been fine. Uh, as Greg put it, if the matches are good, you don't care about the build. You won't remember. You'll remember the matches. So where do you think they go after this? I mean, I mean, does anybody know their plans for I mean, are they going back to the Thunderdome or, or I mean, I, it's going to be difficult. how do you have how, fans yeah. and then and then pull it back how, I wonder if they'll. I wonder if they'll NXT it. You know where they still have the video boards behind a row, or you know a few rows of fans or whatever. I think that could make a lot of sense. I'm not. I'm not sure. I hope so. I know it's what they want. I know Florida don't care. So yeah, I mean that Capital Wrestling Center is right there. You know. I mean. <laughs> I mean, hell, if you really don't care, move over to Texas. You know they're they're letting entire people fill Ranger stadiums. So. How about, did you see that um, Padres got their first no-hitter in their franchise history last night in Texas? I know, right? On Friday night. But yeah, um, good on them. And I had no idea that that was their first until it was, you know, scrolling scrolling across the ESPN bottom line screen. So anyway. Bound to happen. WrestleMania tonight. Enjoy it, everyone. Watch it. I'm sure it's a lot of fun. It's like pizza. There's really no such thing as a bad pizza. And I think that's going to do it for this week's edition or this Sunday edition of Chair Shot Radio. I'm going to do things a little bit differently. I'm going to go first. If you want to follow me on the social media world, hop on over to Twitter and follow me at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You can catch me every Sunday with Mr. David Ungar here on the Chair Shot Radio. You can catch Dave and I on Mondays along with the Reverend Ray Cash and the live studio audience, PC Tunney, on Bandwagon Nerds. And then you can catch me every Wednesday with Craig DeMarco and Miranda Morales on the Babyface Heel podcast. Excellently done, my friend. And if you want to check me out on Twitter, you can at Attitude A-G-G, and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And remember to send your hate tweets to at the real C Platt. He loves that stuff. So indeed he does. All right. 
As I said, that's going to do it for us here at the Chairshot Radio or on Chairshot Radio, the Sunday edition. Catch us every week, every morning, every day. Chairshot Radio airs, drops at 6 a.m., 5 a.m., something like that. Depends on which service you're listening to. I'm sure that you're going to get all kinds of great thoughts from Mr. PC Tunney about his WrestleMania reactions this coming week, and probably from a lot of us on Chairshot Radio. Until next time. Have a good week and enjoy WrestleMania 37 Night 2. Go UMass. credit card bill.